I'm gonna let this rock for just a second. So it was just a regular Monday night. I had found a meetup on meetup.com at this little co-working place called the Hannah Haas where I go to work quite often. And I walked in really early and I saw this guy sitting in the right corner of the room. And I don't know what it was, but I just walked right over to him and he looked at me and our energy just it clicked so, so quickly. And we got into a conversation about Ticket DM, which is the company he is the CEO and co-founder of. We got into voice XP and everything that I've been doing in the voice first world. And we really, really just hit it off. Um, we then exchanged information. I found him on LinkedIn, invited him to come on the podcast so that I could really just kind of solidify this relationship and provide some value to my audience. Um, During this conversation, we basically go through what Christian has been up to for the past nine years, really, starting in television and film production um, onto Snapchat, which was actually one of the worst experiences of his life. And we spent a lot of time there onto Ticket DM and how that kind of started, what's going on for them right now, um, some of his extracurricular activities in terms of a YouTube channel that he has about the Warriors, some of his goals and ambitions in terms of being a mentor to young black um, potential entrepreneurs and how he wants to travel around the world and speak and inspire and be the kind of entrepreneur that he wishes he could have had in his life when he was just coming up. This was a really, really great conversation. We get into the weeds. Christian was very, very open with me. And I'm just really, really glad that we were able to do this, that Zencaster exists, that LinkedIn exists, that social media exists so that this thing could exist at all. I just, uh, I, I love coming back to that idea. I just think it's an amazing time to be alive. And I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to get right into the interview. This was my conversation with Christian Caesar C3 says. I hope you enjoy. I started my YouTube channel focused around the Golden State Warriors in 2017. Um, I come from a broadcast journalism background. That was my major. I always wanted to be a sports reporter. Um, So I kind of went up those ranks and I worked for uh, TV sports stations. And um, I just looked at, you know, how the politics were in the, you know, broadcast sports space. And I saw a lot of um, favoritism and politics while I was doing that. And um, so uh, I got into tech after sports and um, that kind of like what fueled my app background and like entrepreneurship on that angle. But there came to a point in my life where I just jumped out and I just wanted to be entrepreneur. Um, And that happened around 2017. Um, in 2017, I decided just to get, buy a green screen on eBay. And I also already had my camera uh, from my college days. And I created a channel called C3 Says. Um, my nickname in high school was C3. Um, my first name's Christian. My middle name's Carl. And my last name is Caesar. So people started calling me C3. I was 
on their basketball team. And, you know, so the phenomenon started there. So I said C3 says, and it was going to basically be a reaction channel for the Golden State Warriors. Um, so I would do content, um, you know, I have a green screen so I can superimpose myself on the highlights and I'll react to any sports team, any of the updates regarding the Golden State Warriors, whether it was, um, you know, new prospects or I would do farewell tributes for the players that were leaving or either retiring or going to new teams. Um, so I did my first video on the draft prospect. It was uh, on Jordan Bell. He was graduating from uh, the University of Oregon. And I just, for some reason, my intuition just said, do the video. And I reacted to his highlights from college. And once that happened, um, within the first day, I had over like 8,000 to 10,000 views. And people were in the comments and they found me. I just don't know how my, my, this video just got that many views with no subscribers. <laughs> and, um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is destiny. This is something that, um, you know, I, I've been waiting, like my, something's been saying like, do it. And I acted on it. I listened to that notion in my heart. And so people in the comments were like, hey, you should do, um, the Warriors actually drafted another person from Oregon called Chris Boucher. You should do a video on him. So I got his his highlights and I reacted to it on, on the green screen. And that got triple the views in, in, in the day. So I got like 20,000 views. And that was the start of C3CS. That's, that's how it was born. Um, and I just continued uh, from there. So let's talk about this. Talk to me about your first ever video for social media, because it sounds like by the time that you got to C3 Says, you already had a little bit of experience at least being on camera. So tell me yeah. about your first experience on camera. Well, I always had a, a camera, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I had my mom's digital camera, right? So I was always that guy. My, my parents and family relied on me to take pictures when group outing. So I always had a camera with me um, growing up. So I was not very, I wasn't that scared of, of the camera at all. It was just one of those fears, like, you know, like, it, like I really had to like listen to my heart. And, you know, I, I recommend everybody that's listening to this. It's like, you know, if you have a dream or something and something's like nagging you, always listen to listen to that and act on it like you have to act on it you can't be scared and so i acted on it in 2017 like i was just like yo like let me let me just do it like i, I gotta get this i gotta do it and you know this happened so but all throughout from you know high school to mil to high school to college to post college um i um was doing video projects for people like music videos I was, um, I worked for radio stations. I was their main video person. I interviewed just Justin Bieber. I was the cameraman with Justin Bieber. I, w I didn't interview Justin Bieber, but, um, I was the cameraman for all these people. So, um, I kind of got rid of stage fright doing that. Um, uh, cause there's, you know, a lot of people are just around and had to quickly edit videos and turn, turn them around in a, in a, in an efficient manner. And that's how I kind of made my name in the Bay area and, um, how it propelled me to these opportunities to work at these, you know, sports companies and then to, you know, work at Snapchat and to work at Apple, it propelled me all these, my video, my strengths, you know, and what I've been working for on has been, have propelled me. So I got to a moment, I got to a moment where I was like, man, I got a camera, uh, 
there's a youth, there's a platform for, for you know, YouTube's the second biggest search engine um, using Google. So I was like, I got the platform, I got the passion. People always told me that I, um, you know, have this energy and I'm like, it's contagious. And I was just like, let's do it. And I did it. And here we are. So that's kind of. So talk to me about, you know, you're in video production for so long, you have all of this experience. Was it people telling you that you needed to be behind the camera? Like, did you ever see yourself as the person on video? Or did you always think that you were going to be the person who was shooting the interview? Wow. Um, I saw myself as both. I mean, um, when I was in college, they basically taught us how to be a one man band. And a one man band in sports in, in journalism is, you know, uh, in the field and what it was, I went to school and I graduated in 2013. And so you're, you have to set up your camera, you have to test your audio, and then you have to, you know, report your story all by yourself. And, um, so I kind of, when I went through those, you know, the college classes, it basically like nurtured everything that I already my my passion is already like love video editing. I knew about audio. I love to be in front of the camera. So this like ref- refined all my skill set. So once I graduated, I was like, okay, how can I apply these skills? And I saw that I, you know, in the sports broadcasting world, you have to start off and be a teleprompter operator and then work up to the camera. And then from there, you have to be a digital producer and then you have to edit highlights. And there was like so many layers to get to on camera and you still have to be networking and doing your on-camera stuff after long gone, after all the on-camera talent is done, you still have to like see if you can get some studio time and like do some pre-roll, like some pre-rolls or, you know, just try to get yourself in the camera, get comfortable and and develop a demo reel. And I was like, man, this is going to take literally like five to like... 10 years if I continue to do this. So I was always looking to pivot and I just came to the realization like, okay, wow, there's YouTube. <laughs> Enough said. I got, like, I got a camera. I have all, all this audio equipment. Like, let's do it. So... Yeah. So you talked about working at Snapchat. You talked about working at Apple. You have all of this experience yeah. in creating video. What, in your opinion, from your perspective, is the conversation about social media like? Because in my experience, a lot of these very large companies, especially in you know video and television production, really disrespect social media. So from your perspective, what is that conversation like? Are you talking about like, how do they look at social media? And Yes, yes. Um, they look at it for as a money profit, you know, like when I, um, you know, was at Snapchat, I was like, it was crazy that I was the, I was like the first person of color on their content team, um, in 2015. And, um, I was shocked on, you know, they were trying to, you know, I guess establish partnerships and sponsorships. And there was certain content that they were not promoting. They were promoting the Amber Crombie and Fitch model, cats and dogs type of content. And they were, you know, like not promoting people of color. Um, And that was eye opening to me. And I saw like, you know, for sponsorships and advertising dollars, they didn't want to promote a certain thing because they were starting to implement um, ads in their stories and stuff like that. So I saw that. I was like, I I said to myself, it was like an eye-opening course right there. I was like, okay, like they do not care 
for certain stories here at this plat, like you know this this company. So that was eye opening in itself. And um, they would give me certain uh, POC type stories. They, they invited me to the BET Awards. They're like, hey, you know, Christian, you want to go do this and that? Trying to get me like, you know, you know, make me feel some type of important like there. But I said to myself, like, I see their overall goal is they don't care about my people. You know, and I was really trying to show another side and show the world another side that, you know, on Snapchat. And I saw that they weren't trying to align their goals and objectives with mine. So I took Snapchat. It was um, a, you know, it was the most successful platform at the time. All my friends had it. Everybody talked about it. So I took that job based off of popularity and I didn't know about company culture and um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything of that. So when I got there, it was basically like a crash course and it taught me a lot about, um, company culture and your, your managers and like, you know, like the, the, it taught me a lot about that. Um, and so what's important to you in company culture? I know you're an entrepreneur now, but back then, what was important to you in terms of company culture? Um, I will, I just love a, 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 a culture of openness. I love a culture of accountability. I love um, just a culture of, you know, just collective teamwork. Um, at Snapchat, it was one of the worst experiences of my life because I looked, I was, uh, again, a first person of color, and I was looking to somebody like a mentor that can men- mentor me at the company, and there's nobody that looked like me. Um, every, you know, so I was, you know, um, kind of outcasted because I was trying to push this POC, POC initiative within Snapchat, um, and it wasn't being received well. And people thought I was, you know, like I didn't fit into the culture. I didn't fit into the fraternity or sorority that they created. And so I was like, you know, I was like, you know, blacklisted basically. And I found out that they were having meetings behind my back because they didn't want to invite me to, you know, they didn't want my ideas to the table. And so once I found out that it turned into a toxic type of uh, environment, you know, and I, I would tell you Snapchat is on the beach, right? It's in LA. It's on, it's on, it's off in Los Angeles. It's, you know, so it's beautiful, but it very, it, it got to a point where I was, um, you know, it was one of the worst times of my life and I was paranoid and because people were out, like they're really trying to cut my livelihood and fire me and get rid of me. Um, so that was like, you know, I would just tell people before they jump into opportunity, um, and before they move somewhere to another city, make sure you flush out the, the company and make sure you do a well, like a background check, check of like, like where you're going and what you're getting yourself into. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you think if you would have done that before going to Snapchat, do you think you would have been able to suss that out had you been looking for it without actually having worked there just yet? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I would have hit somebody up in the, you know, content um, department or, and really probably, you know, take them out like for coffee and really get the, the, the lay down of what, you know, I was like, what, I'm getting into or what I'm interested in getting into. And once I got in to the company and I got first couple of weeks and my manager started yelling and cussing in front of me, it was like, and nobody spoke up. I was like, I, I was like, Oh man, what? I know this is a startup and everything, but it's like anything goes here. And 
And I was just like, what do I do now? And I just moved to Los Angeles and I'm like, it's paying me very good money. I just moved into my apartment. What do I do now? And so all it took was one thing to get on my manager's bad side. And it was just downhill from, from there. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of like my little story. I'll start. <laughs> well, talk to me about your next steps. Like talk to me about your last couple of months at Snapchat when you're kind of like, what do I do now? Like, how did you, what were you doing and oh, what were gosh. you thinking about as you made the transition to the next stage? Okay. So yeah, I'm getting kind of vulnerable here, but they, they, um, I was in charge of the, their live stories department. Um, and so I was in charge of curating and storytelling, basically their campus stories and also like their live stories. They did live stories around like, you know, sports and music from like, you know, like what I said, BET awards to, um, you know, sporting events like NBA games to campus. So if you go to UCLA, they, you can submit your stories to the campus story and then they curate a story of like what happened during that day. So I was in charge of all three and I was basically pushing, I'll, I'll give you a lay down. I was basically pushing people of color and what we were doing. And they kind of didn't like um, that angle I was pushing and I saw it. And so I was basically, they, you know, took me off of content curating. I was, it's basically a content analyst job role. And they say, oh, Christian, you'll be better at doing research. Um, you don't, I don't, we don't think you are a, a content curator, basically a storyteller. Basically, everything that I've been working up to editing, video editing, is basically that, but you're just putting clips together, right? So they took me off uh, that, and that was a huge blow to my self-confidence. And in that process, they were hiring about 50 to 60 content analysts. So all these new people were coming in to um our you know our department and people are looking at me and like yo like we what are you doing like are you, like what like you're off like what's the problem you're just doing research like and so it was just like a weird type of um role that they had me in and they they basically was they took put me on research because they wanted to overwork me and um they wanted me to quit so i worked relentlessly for them to like not fire me. I didn't want to get fired because I was just, you know, I wanted to get that year. So I wanted to get that equity <laughs> and everything like that. So um, I was trying to just work relentlessly, um, but they eventually found some loopholes. And I, you know, I was talking to my mom and she said, okay, like this is, and she had some assistance. She knew somebody that worked in HR and everything like that. Oh, another thing, Snapchat didn't have HR at that time. So if I had a complaint for my manager or something, I couldn't go to them. And um, so they were basically, the whole company knew about me and like just was trying to get rid of me. Um, so they put me on research and they worked, they, they, you know, hits, they basically wrote me deadlines of like, Chris, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to do this. If you don't do this, we're going to have to like, um, have another conversation and um you know so i saw that they were trying to push me out basically and so i was meeting with certain people like every couple of weeks and they were just like hey they basically gave me a progress report and then um i found out i think probably in august late august that they are they they basically brought me in a room brought me in a room with security and said hey we gotta let you go and that's kind of how the the um, exit from Snapchat happened. How'd you um, feel on that day when you got fired? Um, I was 
shook, man. I was shook. I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I didn't tell. I, I told my parents, of course, but I didn't, like it. It was like the worst day of my life, man. Because like they take when you get fired from a company, they don't tell you that like all your self confidence, all your confidence goes out the window. You don't feel like you belong anywhere. So, you know, as an ambitious black male coming out of college in 2013 and nobody has told me no or like I've been like progressing, like I've been having success and you get to like the top and the Snapchat was like the top tech app company at the time and they tell you you're not good enough and they fire you. (laughs) I mean, what? Like how, like where do you go? Where do you go? Like, what jobs do you take? Like, where? Like, so I had to really um, do some self meditation. I really had to go back and you know, I I strayed away from from. I, I'm a huge faith person, you know. Hence, my name is Christian. So I was like, man, am I not tithing? Is that why God just like you know, <laughs> like like <laughs> did this to me? So. <laughs> I had to like go back into like the word man and I had to really like look inside and really you know just um get myself together um and I and you know my parents always gave me that foundation of you know Jesus Christ so I really just referred back to that and I got myself together and I said hey I, it was a toxic environment anyway and so i saw that and god was just like you know i created you to do bigger better things but i put you i put you through this for a reason you know i put you through this so you can see and now like i fast forward to now i know why he put me through this because now he's enabled me to say like okay for company culture like you're creating a whole company about ticket dm and like you're having people work for you that this this figure out like I, I you went through the worst so this have it's implement the best in your company and um he's just been leading me all this way man so after they fired me from snapchat um i got a job um i because of the name of snapchat it was hot at the time and i became a um, apple reached out to me and was like hey you know well uh, you know we're for apple tv um, and I was, I basically took that job as like a data analyst. So they would get content from Hulu, HBO, Netflix. And I just had to ingest that and make sure it looks all nice. Like the images and the titles and the descriptions is all nice on Apple TV. So I did that for about, uh, I moved back up to the Bay Area with my family and um, kind of reset, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, but I got a sour taste out of just working for other people when I was in there and you know, Apple's just, you look a certain way, you act a certain way, you know, and the food tastes all the same. And I was just like, I gotta do, I gotta do me, man. So that I made the jump um, out um, of just corporate America and working for other people in 2017. So, um, so let's that, fast forward to yeah. now. So why did you make that jump? Did you know that you wanted to start your b- own business eventually? Or was this totally new entrepreneurship? Um, so when I was in, in t- 2017, um, me and my friends, we, I, you know, went to just get away. So we went to Miami, Florida, probably like around uh, March of 2017 and went to this music festival called ultra and basically 
um, after this two days of the festival, we wanted to do something different. So we wanted to sell our music festival ticket. And as you know, music festival tickets come in a wristband. So we um, basically on social media, there's no real platform to really sell your ticket. So on social media, we basically followed the trend of everybody, you know, just going on Instagram and basically in the comments, I basically said, Hey, selling my Sunday ticket for $150. And uh, my friend did as well. And then we realized over a course of like 30 minutes, like I was contacted by 20 complete strangers of people wanting to buy my ticket. And my friend as well saw that as well. And we looked at each other and we were like, oh my gosh, this like, like this is something, man. And we saw this behavior of people looking for tickets in the secondary ticket resale place on social media across all major to mid-sized to major music festivals. And that was the idea of Ticket DM. So we are basically a safe ticket. We created the idea. We created an app called Ticket DM. It's a safe ticket exchange platform for the music festival community. We basically take everything that's happening on social media, all the ticket exchanges and all the behavior. We're basically a community social media thread. And we put it into an app and we streamline um, the buying and selling process for buyers and sellers in, in, our, in that niche. Um, so that's why we, we flew back f- from Miami and, and, you know, we met almost every weekend. Um, we met almost, we met every during the week. And then we met on the weekend. We used Apple and my other, my brother, I got my brother involved and he worked at Cisco. So we will, we will meet at Apple during the week and then we'll meet again on the weekends, um, at uh, Apple or Cisco. Um, and we did this for about two years and we didn't really go out. We didn't really travel. And we, we, we worked at developing our own app on iOS and on Android we worked with Indian developers. So we were up <laughs> at a certain time. Um, so we self-funded, uh, this app, um, by ourselves and, um, we've been getting into a couple of accelerators. We just got into start at, we got into Starks this, this summer and Starks is a Stanford, um, backed um, accelerator for our entrepreneurs and founders. And they have, with this program, has tons of resources to help you um, meet VCs and invest in invest, like different invest, angel investors. They also have a big community support network of people who are in our space. We're a consumer, um, we're a consumer app. So we have people that used to work at game time and other ticket exchanging platforms and they're um, mentoring us and, you know, just, you know, sharing knowledge in us on how to navigate the space. Um, so right now we're at our raising our seed round. Uh, we will know how much we secure in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's very exciting. So everything's coming to a head right now. So they have a ticket DM side. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about budgeting and hiring people right now. So that's exciting. Then also have the C3 set side. We just hit 10,000 subscribers on that angle so you can just see both of my passions is coming to the head to head at the same time um so that's just where i'm kind of at right now it's just a big blessing and i wouldn't have realized my potential if it wasn't for my past experiences and everything so i just want to encourage people that look like me and kids that are coming up and you know graduating and like hey don't get knocked down if life you know throws hard fastballs on you just have to keep getting up and keep looking up and keep moving forward and once you do that you'll get all the blessings that god has in store for you so that's kind of why my purpose and why i do what i do today 
So talk to me about this. This is something I like to ask all entrepreneurs, you know, with so much going on for you right now, Ticket DM, C3 says, like, do you ever think about how do you balance social life? Like, how do you balance every other aspect of your life? Do you try to balance them at all? Like, what's your framework around that? Um, I, I try. Um, but as you know, you know, friends come and go. I mean, the ones who are, you know, really for you will stay by, stay with you and will check in with you and you can do, you still can do things. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I was, I graduated high school in 2008. Um, so we're about to hit 2020. So like, I, I don't have only probably stay in touch with one or two people from high school and from college, a couple of people as well. Um, I have my brother, I have a close family and whatever. And, but, um, you know, and also girlfriend, like, I mean, I, I had a couple of girlfriends, but most of them didn't really understand the, um, the hustle that I was on, you know, they would just wanted to settle down. So it was kind of hard, you know, being a super ambitious person and, you know, you know, it was, it was, it was it's been kind of hard um, to tell you the truth, but I know that I'm almost there where I can like look around and start dating and really start um, having, you know, settling down and in, in eventually pretty soon. So, um, but yeah, it's a balance. I would say it's a balance. I don't think you should just like work 20, like your whole life, like these next, like if you're in your twenties, I don't think you should just put, I, they, they should be in your priority, but you, if you have like relationships that you really care about people, I don't think you should just put it to the wayside. I think you should nurture those relationships and, you know, you'll have some of a support system um, for sure. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to transition now back into C3 says we touched on it a little bit before Snapchat, but you know, in terms of, you know, ticket DM and C3 says like, how much energy are you putting into it? Like, what do you want to see come from it? And like, what is it to you? So C3 says I am using, I basically use the success of the Golden State Warriors. Um, I mean, we've been winning for the past three or four years here um, in the Bay Area with the Warriors. So there, and then we acquired Kevin Durant. And, you know, so we've been getting a lot of looks because we were that super team. So I kind of used that angle um, and um, to, to blow up the channel. Um, but my, my main goal for C3 says is I wanted to turn into a entrepreneur um, tech platform. I want to inspire kids that or people who just want to make that jump from corporate to start their own business i want to do that for uh people of color and i want to basically take like the gary v uh blueprint and but make it you know for my my people <laughs> basically um so what this i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm pivot basically because i'm getting my subscriber count up um i'm basically gonna this upcoming year i'm just gonna i got a uh, opportunity to be at most warrior games at the chase center uh this upcoming year um so i'm going to be trying to live stream and also work with some of the players that are on the team especially like the young players and also i have a relationship with the g league uh warriors um in santa cruz so i'm going to be bouncing around and and doing that a lot um and, you know, but, but I'm not going to let that lose focus of my, um, you know, since I'm the CMO of TicketDM, I'm not going to let that lose sight. So it's a fine balance of 
um, scheduling. I got to really like look at my schedule. Um, so with Ticket DM, with C3 says, we're also throwing a tech conference for PLC folks in November, the same weekend as Afrotech. And if people don't know what Afrotech is, it's a big tech conference where all the people of color who are in working in corporate America or have, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, um, companies, they converge into um, the Bay Area for a weekend. And then um, this past four or five years has been in San Francisco and this year the moon into Oakland. Um, so we, you know, since we have a company um, that is raising money and we're in tapped into the Bay Area, we're also throwing a conference called Helitech. Um, so it's all about entrepreneurship and how to own your own narrative. Um, so we're also, we have a social impact element out of uh, Ticket DM, basically. And so that we're, we're trying to prepare for that. So <laughs> you can see, like, there's a lot of moving pieces, but it's like where, you know, that's why I say, like, if you find a team of people that think like you and like-minded like you, you can do, you can do a lot and you can accomplish a lot in, in a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how, where, where we're at, where I'm at right now with balancing it all. But I, you know, going back to C3 said, I'm just trying to pivot, um, because I know it's not all about sports is one thing, but I'm trying to bring a more human side to sports, music, tech, and I'm trying to be that, you know, that face, you know, um, here in the Bay area. I got you. So before we move on to, you know, Gary V and being the, you know, Gary V for people of color, um, talk to me about the Warriors. Um, how do you think they're going to fare this season with the West being so much more? I mean, the West has been so competitive for so long, but even more so now. How do you think they're going to fare? Um, yeah, we're we're for sure going to make the playoffs. I don't know how a narrative came, came up about we're not making the playoffs. Um, we have super some amazing young talent coming in. I would just like to shout out Jordan Poole uh, coming out from the University of Michigan. Um, uh, Eric Pascal uh, from um, uh, the University of Villanova. Um, so um, they're coming in great. We have some talent coming from the G League. Um, Island Smiley Geach. She's, um, so we, we have some young talent. Um, and then we have our vets. I think Kayvon Looney is going to step up this year once he gets healthy. Willie Cauley-Stein once he gets – we have a lot of people who are just – there, there was like all these ankle injuries and hamstring injuries right before preseason. Um, so we kind of – I can't even like really assess this just yet, but I think we're going to be good. I like how Steph Curry – like how the, the new piece, D'Angelo Russell, they're, they're working um, with each other. So we'll be good in, in, in the, by the by playoffs. We'll be good. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm aiming at that six seed for sure. I'm not going to expect us to win every game, but we're going to still be a, a threat in the West. Um, and I see us making a hard push for the championship. I mean, well, Western conference finals for sure. Um, we'll probably is, is, I think we can do that, um, for sure. So, um, yeah, but this year is, is mostly it's, it's, we don't have that chip on our shoulders like we always had in the past like we needed to win so i think they're playing with house money i think they like that they like being the underdog and i think something good is going to happen with you know just the storyline um regarding their season 100 percent. i mean four straight finals appearances and now they're the underdog like that's a that's an interesting story <laughs> to tell. exactly exactly so um you brought up gary v um, one of the yeah. things that Gary Vee has really been trying to communicate is that entrepreneurship is cool right now, 
but not everyone should be an entrepreneur. This is actually a conversation I had with you when we first met saying that I actually don't want to be an entrepreneur, at least at this point in my life, because uh-huh. I like to take mental breaks. And um, for me, uh-huh. when you're an entrepreneur, it's 24-7. You can never take a mental break. Um, from your perspective, do you think anyone can be an entrepreneur when you talk about inspiring young people of color to start their own businesses? Do you think any of them can be an entrepreneur? Um, yes and no, I would say. I, I would say um, this journey, the entrepreneurship journey is not, um, you know, it's not instant gratification. I know we're in a um, generation where we want everything now and we want to blow up. We want our song to go number one. And, you know, um, so I would say it, it takes a lot of um, failing. It takes a lot of uh, learning. Um, you, you, you fail more than you, you, you win. Um, so it's all about, it's all about learning how to fail, like just learning from your mistakes and just keeping and keep going. A lot of people don't have, the perseverance you know it's it's a marathon not a sprint it's, it's literally that um so a lot of people don't know like how much it takes to to win um but my mission that well, the mission that propels me is that um i want to give back in a major way i don't want to tell kids hey you know um you know i want to tell kids basically you don't have to be an entertainer or sports athlete. I really want to tell a kid, I want to walk into a middle school or elementary or college and tell people, tell people that look like me, like, Hey, you can, you can, you know, start your own company. You can raise this amount of money. You know, you can live out your dreams, you know, and also, you know, like I, I want to be, I just want to be that person. And, um, why do you want to so be that person? Um, because there is no, uh, I mean, I just know that if a kid or a person came when I was in middle school or high school and was me or made waves like me, how much of an impact that would be, that would change my life. If I hear somebody like me when I was in middle school and they came in and I didn't know what I wanted to do, I was, you know, you, you can see now, like I, I've, I go to the, to schools now and the kids don't have no they're not hopeful. They, there's, there's, they're, they're bored. They're like, it's like a zombies walking around. Right. So I know that we, we have to do it. I, in my community, I, we have to do a better job to inspire these kids and give them resources and opportunities. Um, so I just know that that's very important and I, there's nobody that's really doing it. So I carry the weight of my ancestors. I carry the weight of, you know, what they paved the way, like for opportunities like, like us, like we're in the Silicon Valley, like I'm in the Silicon Valley right now. Like people are, you know, they, they want to move to the Silicon They like, this is the cream of the crop. This is where everything innovation happens. Right. So in tech, so I'm here, I'm a person of color. All these companies are owned by, you know, that don't, people that don't look like me. You know, I have all these opportunities now. I got Stanford bagged and like, you know, like it's, it's crazy. Like I'm in these accelerators and nobody still look like me and, you know, and they're still telling us like we can, we're just good at sports and, you know, and being entertainers. 
you know, and being security and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, did God really just choose me to, to be the voice to, for, for my people? And so I carry that weight on my shoulders. every. So when I wake up, I just know, like, time is getting short. Time is wasted. I don't know how much time I have on this on, on this earth, but I know what he instilled with me. Like, he, he instilled with me is this plan, and it's, it's, to, it's to educate kids in inner city communities and give them a way out and give them opportunity. That's, that's, that's it. Does, does that weight feel like a burden to you, or do you, do you love that you, you're able to carry it? I love it. I love it. It's not a burden at all. Like you, I, I'm smiling right now just talking about it because I, you know, I just know how big of a um, uh, uh, a change that I can, um, I can, I can basically become to a lot of people. I can see parents of these kids coming up to me and say, "Thank you, you saved my son. He didn't know what to do. You got him out of like the gangs." Like I can just see. I'm just gonna be giving opportunity out. Like it's gonna be a following system. Ticket DM is gonna be, you know, it's a music festival company, it's a ticket company, it's an event company, but I'm gonna be giving opportunity to kids to travel, to go to these music festivals, to see another life outside of their community. I know how important that is. So just imagine you take a kid out of Oakland and east 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 Oakland, you ship them to Coachella or you ship them to like, like not say ship them, but you fly them to uh, Coachella, <laughs> you know, and then you, they see another lifestyle, how people are living, how people are moving and like just the access and just like the quality of life. And then you, you know, you give them an internship and then they go back into East Oakland and then they're like, okay, I do not want to go back to this gang. I don't want to be involved doing drugs. I just saw how people, I just saw another way of life. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be funneling inner city kids. We're going to be giving them opportunities in tech. I learned how to code. We got, we got engineering program. We got engineering track. We got a business development track. We got a, a marketing track. Um, we have all these tracks in Ticket DM, and we're all we're, we're a POC company. So people who look like us are gonna we we are actively trying to get those people. We're trying to get top talent too from corporate America. People that just want to be appreciated and love for who they are and, and their ideas. And then we're, we're, bringing, we're pulling all the talent in the Bay Area and we're putting it into the Ticket DM um, company. So, so, so talk to me about this. Yeah. As, as a business owner who wants Ticket TM to be, to be profitable, but also wants to give opportunities to young people of color, how do you balance those two goals, which in certain cases might be mutually exclusive? Like how do you balance those two ambitions? So like you're saying like profitable, like yeah, just like profitable. focusing on making Ticket DM profitable versus also wanting to do so much good in the community. You know, you only have 24 hours in a day. There's only so many things that you can do. How do you balance that as a business owner? Yeah, I mean we're, we're still trying to figure that that out, that balance. Um, but you know what we're gonna be doing is you know um, you know for at Ticket DM, you know if you want to buy a ticket on a platform for um, a festival um basically we have no seller fees so um you know you can put your ticket up and we won't take no fees out of the seller but for the buyer we basically are gonna take a 10 to 50 percent cut off of uh, people who are buying um, on our on our platform and we want to donate a portion of those that percentage to a charity of our choice so 
you know, if you buy a Coachella ticket uh, for 2020, proceeds will go to the Boys and Girls Club of Oakland. You know, we, we have, we're going to have a social impact element or, you know, this proceeds will go to Breast Can- Cancer Foundation Awareness or something of impact. So when you're buying this ticket, you want to really like use our platform to get this ticket safe and securely. And, you know, and then um, you were also giving like we're going to have a portion of the proceeds. So you also also feel like you're making a difference. So that's kind of how we're uh we're we're trying to move right now and uh i'd love to just kind of get into the details for a second why 10 to 15 percent on the buyer and not the seller um so like StubHub and um most of these you know secondary ticket um, um ticket companies they have outrageous prices right so uh we feel like for millennials um you know we're we're, we're trying to make a profit but we're also not trying to um you know just rip rip everybody off and like we're not trying to be that type of company you know so we saw that stuff hub was doing that and a lot of people were fed up and you know but they were still putting their tickets up because they wanted to sell but um, we saw that you know for our competitive advantage one of our competitive advantages we can eliminate that and um you know just tack it on to the buyer side um with that Got you. So let's talk about Ticket DM going into 2020. What are some of your ambitions? What are some of the things that you're looking to do? Like, what do you want to be true in 2020 about Ticket DM? Yeah, we want to be a presence at every big music festival. Um, so right now, we're just game planning for the year 2020. Um, so right now, we are at a point where we're about to receive our funding, we're about to close our seed. Um, so Basically, we're trying to budget out all, all of 2020 and where we're going to be at, all the festivals and traveling expenses, all the key hires and everything like that. Also, we're working with partnerships. We have a couple of partners. Um, there's this great um, company um, from our Stardex cohort um, called JoinDap. And basically, JoinDap is an e-commerce uh, chatbot API, basically. And so they basically, they're on, they have a Facebook um, integration. They have Instagram integration. They have Twitter integration. So basically, for people who are wanting to buy tickets, they can just hit up our Facebook Messenger, or they can contact us on Instagram, and it, it's basically um, a chat bot, basically. So we we are we're able to automate that process. So people who are like looking for a Coachella ticket, and like our our, our mascot's called Diego, so we we have an avatar. So if people are looking for tickets, we don't have to actively be on the other side talking to them they can talk to our chat bot and it can automatically populate what their people are looking for so that is like we're like you know something like you robert like you're always on the pulse of innovation and you're doing voice and everything like that like that so you know how much of an impact and they also do voice too like they're like oh we do voice we're gonna team up with alexa eventually so i just thought of you when i was just got out of that meeting a couple of days ago but uh, yeah, that, you know, so we're doing that. And then also we're going to be building out our second version of our app. Um, so we are going to hire two new, uh, app develop, uh, two new developers, basically software developers. And, um, we're probably going to be rolling that out probably in, uh, March or April, um, once, um, we close our, our, our funding. Um, so we'll have a new sleek app coming out around that time, but for, we can for the join that thing. People are able to buy tickets and sell tickets directly from their Facebook Messenger, their Twitter, their Instagram. 
Um, and we're looking at to, to streamline that process right now so we can be ready uh, for 2020. Gotcha. Well, I am definitely going to be following along. When you started talking about the chat bot and the voice integration, I got very, very excited because uh, <laughs> I, I just love to see every single you know company in the Valley starting to add that to what they're up to, because I think it is, uh, it's, it's, it's a new channel and it's going to be a very important one, a very important touch point. Um, I'd love to start getting into wrap up mode with two more questions. Um, the first of which is, I want to know what's got you really, really excited about, you know, the next three months, um, irregardless, not talking about ticket DM or C3 says like, what's something that's going on in your life that's got you really excited coming up? Um, it's, Going to, I I guess it's I have to say like since C three says and um, Ticket DM has been focus of my life for the past like couple years now. Um, it has to be just reaching that new level of, of, of success. You know, I I once we close our C round and the look of the smiles on everybody's faces and the um, I I can't wait for that 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 moment um, because. We sacrificed, literally. Um, we argued. It's not, it wasn't all sweet. It wasn't all, you know, roses, um, this, this, this journey. Um, so once that happens, it's like, yeah, you're the real deal. And um, I'm just looking forward to, to that moment um, because that's just going to be a stamp on, on my life. And that's going to solidify everything that I've been talking about, you know, and I've been experiencing it's gonna say like, hey, you know, yeah, Snapchat, that was the wrong that that, that was wrong on their behalf. Oh, eliminate all self-doubt because it it once you know, those check that check clears, you know, it's like somebody really believed in you and somebody, you know, it like you're you're there, like you're you're here and you know, you have new levels to go. So I'm just probably looking to close that RC round um right now. So that's kinda what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> and so what what exactly would be success in your mind for Ticket DM? Um success if we can just keep it uh black owned, you know, if we can keep it black owned and if we can just all band together and not let money get in the way and you know and and and, and build other um companies out of Ticket DM. I mean, shoot, we're just trying to make this like the Black Wall Street out, out here in, in, in Silicon Valley. You know, I'm I can't look to nobody that's our age that look like us. We're four black four black founders here in Silicon Valley starting a company. You know, everybody has their own expertise and but we all think the same. We all have the same energy and same outlook on life. So if we can do this and then, you know, maybe get to a little VC um, venture capital game and, and and have create like a fund and you know find the next people that we inspire or you know coming up coming up after us and just giving back i see myself just going on tour and telling my story like i'm telling you you know uh with you know more visual displays you know and then also cu- couple that with c3 says and having steph curry come out on you know and partner with him you know and um, just moving that that way, you know. I just see this thing just blowing up, you know. Because Steph Curry will want he if he knows my story, if he knows if he meets me, and he sees what I've done, he's definitely gonna want to invest, and he's definitely want he will definitely want to start a relationship with me because that's all what he's trying to do. He's trying to get back to the city of Oakland. So I just see 
just things taking off left and right. I'm just going to be patient. That's all, all it takes is patience. And I see, I, I mean, I don't know where the, the sky's the limit at this point on, on, on my next, uh, my next ventures. And so this is going to be the last one. You talked about one day wanting to go on tour, having all these visual displays and be able to share your message. Let's say, you know, a small young black kid comes up to you after one of these talks and he says, I want to be an entrepreneur. What advice would you give me? I'd love if you could give him two pieces of advice, one very micro practical piece of advice, something that he could do that day. And then one very macro piece of advice, something that he should remember, you know, over the long haul as an entrepreneur entrepreneur um so i would say micro i would say uh follow your gut believe in yourself and never get like never don't get let down there's gonna be people that don't believe in you and you can't get discouraged just gotta keep moving forward you know just keep moving forward and, and put god first and because you find what you what's your purpose? Um, you know, I, I mean, if you, whatever you believe, you believe in a higher power, but you find whatever purpose from your creator, you know, like you can't get your, your, your life message from media, social media and, and all this stuff. You can't be looking at what your friends are doing. You have to really look divine, really look, look into what you are passionate about, um, and, and move on that. So I would just say that keep God first and, and, you know, be passionate about what you want to do and know what you want to do to like try to assess that get that early and you know um so i'll do that and then from the macro level i would say something to the fact i will probably give them my card you know i'll give them my card i'll you know I'll have you know and say hey reach out to um this this person i'll probably have like a little <laughs> executive assistant and um be like you know let's talk you know let's up a meeting I want to be that person where, you know, if it's not me, it's somebody that I can refer him, him or her to uh, have that mentor. I think mentorship is so important in our community. So I would, you know, say those messages, keep God first, keep going, going forward. But hey, this, how can we help you? I, I would love to help you get to your goal. We're going to have so many roles and opportunities open. So like, how can, how can we help you in, in, you know, track and get you on a, a track for success here. So that's what I'll kind of be doing. Well, I love that. I'm definitely going to be following along with Ticket DM. I downloaded the app during this conversation, and I love the uh, what is this Diego? This like little giraffe Diego that's got the yeah. got the three passes on his neck. I really really like this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's our yeah he's our music festival mascot. So that's how we you know we that's how we go to music festivals. Um, and you know, we one of our founders. I want I won't disclose the name of who dresses up in that um, <laughs> mascot, but he goes. He he's been going to like Ultra Coachella, all the big music festivals, and he like dances around. We we we've been sneaking them in to these festivals, and they've been. He's just been getting so, so many. He's just been getting great reception. So we deemed him as the music festival mascot, and people want to dance, take pictures, and they're like a little like it just. He's a, a lovable, lovable guy. So 
Yeah, that's Diego. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just went and followed on Instagram because I want to see some of this content. That is really, really cool. <laughs> For everybody who's listening, I will put all of the links, anything that you might want to find from our conversation in the description to this podcast. And I just want to say one more time, Christian, thank you so much for taking the time. You know, I, uh, you know, it was just by chance that we met. I decided to go to a meetup. You were, you know, one of the only people there early. We started talking and uh, I'm, I'm really glad I decided to go because I think we're going to have a really good professional relationship. And I'm really glad that I got to know you now. Definitely, Robert. And same here. I mean, you're, I mean, I, I, I told you this already, but I, I see you're going far and I didn't know you were getting into the, the podcast and content game on LinkedIn and um, just keep it up. I mean, you're basically carving a, a way, a lane out on LinkedIn and I see the views, I see the comments, I see the engagement. So just keep it up and the sky's the limit. You know, opportunities are just going to come left and right because all the big brands and tech or wherever you're trying to go, they're seeing your content. I just want to let you know that, you know. And so, you know, I, I see a big blessing coming your way. Um, I don't know what it is, but I just see something big coming your way. Just keep keep going.